Growth doesn't happen within your comfort zone. It happens when you take a leap. Each episode, we highlight creators, innovators, people just like you who have stepped outside their comfort zone. Welcome to Leap, stories that inspire, a quantum fiber podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Leap, a quantum fiber podcast, highlighting stories that inspire. I'm your host, Diani Galligan, and today I am thrilled to be hosting Lindsay Odenberg. Lindsay, would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Hi, yes, thank you so much for having me. I am 31 years old. As you said, my name is Lindsay Odenberg. I live up in the Pacific Northwest as of right now. Um, I am a very active businesswoman. I um, am a proud member of the network marketing community. Um, But more than that, I really, really just love sharing my story and connecting with other um, men and women, but women especially, we just have a bond amongst us with things that we've been through and, um, you know, concurrent goals and visions for our future. And so it's been a really incredible experience to take, you know, my story, things that I have been through and help other women kind of find the value and purpose and, and drive in their own story. And so, yeah, it's been a really, really exciting experience and I'm just getting started. So <laughs> yes, you are. And that's a perfect segue because you are a very successful businesswoman, a team leader, and you have been an inspirational role model to a lot of people, as our listeners will hear. But I know that's how people see you now. I know mm-hmm. that is not how you have always seen yourself. And you have had an amazing journey where, as you say, you have found power through your pain. And uh, would you be willing to step us back to the start of where you see that journey beginning? Oh my gosh, do you have a week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. go ahead. Take all the time you want. <laughs> yeah. So um, I would say the the deepest part of my story really started when I was 19 years old. That was when I experienced um, the death of my father who um, was a drug addict. And up until that point in my life, I had really stayed on the straight and narrow. I was, you know, a straight A student. I won, ironically, um, a a scholarship type program for a just say no to drugs essay. I mean, I was I was that poster child um, until I wasn't and started um, just really struggling in my own life. I started experimenting with drugs and and kind of the party life and that was um, that just spiraled very, very quickly. And so after the death of my father when I was 19, the party stopped and the addiction started. Um, it was a pretty quick spiral for me. Sometimes for some people, it's years. For me, I feel like it was days. You know, it just happened very, very quickly. I think I had that very addictive personality. Um, and so it wasn't um, too long before I found my, um, I don't know if you would call him my boyfriend, my dealer, I guess, would be a more appropriate uh, uh label um, was in jail and I found myself in a place where I just really needed help and so I reached out to um, my mom who is my my best friend and my rock and um, told her what was going on and I found myself in a rehab facility down in Southern California. Um, I 
will honor and cherish my experience in rehab for the rest of my life. But it wasn't just this magical switch that flipped either. It wasn't just, oh, you go to rehab and you're fixed, you know, which is something that I'm also very passionate about talking about because people see recovery, whether it be from addiction or abuse or um, even just divorce or lack of self-worth, whatever it might be, they see it as this very linear um, you know, upward, upward slope. And it's not, it's a twisted upside down floop de loop, you know, throw you every which direction type of journey. Um, and so I came home from rehab and relapsed pretty, pretty quickly a few months later. Um, and I think I was honestly worse, um, just deeper into my addiction after rehab than I was before. Um, And I had this just overwhelming feeling of, well, I went to rehab, I did the things, I, you know, did the 12 steps, like, (laughs) like, I'm not fixable, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm where I am, I'm who I am, I'm an addict, that's how I've lived, and that's how I'll die. I mean, that's just how the reality that I found myself in. Um, It wasn't until I lost my best friend um, that I realized that I I was not far behind. I was going to be next if I did not find a way out. So um, my best, my other best friend at the time, my now husband, um, and I started crawling our way out. And um, about a year and a half later, we had a little girl. And she, yes, she, oh my gosh, my little angel. It's so funny. Her name is Anaya. And we didn't know this until... I don't know. She was probably about six months old, but her name is actually Hebrew for God's answer to prayers. And How perfect. Isn't How that perfect. incredible? And I I mean, we had no idea and it was so, so just divine and perfect. Um, and she is. So that was really the beginning of me, um, you know, getting my stuff together, getting my act together. I had this beautiful little girl, this amazing husband, um, but still I just felt empty. I felt, um, outside of being a mother, I felt purposeless. And I know a lot of women, I think we feel almost a responsibility that once we're mothers, boxes checked, we're good, we're fulfilled. You know what I mean? That's it. You're done. You don't need anything else. That should be completely fulfilling. And, um, I will say loud that it wasn't, I, I needed more, but When the rest of the world was, you know, people of my age were figuring out what their passions were, what their drive was, what they wanted to to be, I was using. I was, you know, I was doing drugs. And so I had never really figured out what those things were for me. Um, My husband, you know, he would, God bless him, he put up with just a very, he's seen me at my very worst, my very, very worst in a lot of different ways. And, you know, he would tell me, go find your thing, go Go find whatever that thing is for you. And I would get so mad at him because I'm like, I don't know what that is. I don't know, you know, stop saying that to me. Um, And then coincidentally, this business found me. Um, It was just an opportunity to make a little side money, a side hustle, if you will, which we hear it often called. Um, And I didn't really expect much from it. I really didn't. I, I really just, the goal was to get the car payment paid for. Um, and then I did, and that was it. And I, I did that my first month and, um, the next month I doubled it and the next month I doubled it again. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is, this is something. Um, and it was through this business that I started sharing my story. I started and I was terrified, 
terrified. You know, I, I talked about this this last weekend, um, but I said I was that girl that went from selling drugs to selling mascara. Like, what a joke, you know? Like, <laughs> I thought people weren't going to take that seriously, um, but they did. They really, really did. And and the more of myself that I started to share, not just the highlight reel and the, the pretty stuff, but, um, you know, the despair and the shame and the guilt and the mistakes and all of those things, the more support I got, the more stories I heard, um, and the more I was able to watch other women find the power in their own pain. And I thought, this is it. This is what I want to, this is what I want to do. Um, and so I just, I dove in with both feet head first and it's been incredible ever since it's turned into something way beyond I had ever imagined. Well, before we get to where it has turned, what it has turned into, I'd like to go back to a, a part of the story you were just telling, which has to do with people taking you seriously. You had shared with me when we had talked previously that part of the roadblock that you put in your own way was how you saw yourself. You saw yourself as an addict, and that's how you assumed the rest of the world was going to see you. You had labeled yourself and assumed you were labeled in everybody else's eyes, and it 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 all basically conspired to keep you small, to keep you small in your in your own mind and in your own world. And you shared a story about when you suddenly realized that people saw you as something more than you were seeing in yourself. Can you share that? Um, yeah, I have a few stories that are going through my head. You might have to remind me what story I shared with you because <laughs> there were there were a few of those moments. Um, it was a time when you had gone to sell, um, to, to basically pitch your products to people who you had known in sort of the earlier, darker time of your life, and you didn't think they would welcome you into that conversation because that's not who you were in their mind. You were somebody who had used. And instead, they looked at you like somebody who mattered and and who had something important to say to them. It was, it was a pretty, and there were many of those moments. And it's funny because when you stepped, when I stepped into this, I was expecting, you know, the people that had already, that had stood by me, which were not very many people and rightfully so. I was, um, I was a mess. I was not somebody that you wanted or probably should have been near to or trusted at that point in your life. Um, so the people in my circle were, it was a small circle. Um, and what's so ironic is when I started really stepping into this, it wasn't them that came running. It was people that I hadn't talked to since high school, people that I hadn't connected with since, you know, since they had seen me at this worst or heard things. I came from a small community. Um, and so, you know, where you sneeze on one side of the town and someone on the other side says, bless you. <laughs> and everybody knows everything. Um, and so... I just, I did not expect to be, I didn't expect to be seen. I didn't expect to be heard. And the people that came forward um, in whether it was to purchase a product or just show a bit of love and support or just to congratulate or celebrate me, it was, it was incredible. And that, yes, like you said, those were the moments that um, I've talked about this before, but it's like I had this, I had this chest in my mind of, all of the things that I was, and that was, you know, um, drug addict, promiscuous, um, 
not smart, quitter. I mean, just all of the nasty things somebody, an unlovable, unvalued, a broken child, abused, broken. These were all of the things that I thought I was because they were things that either my addiction or my abuse or my just isolation had told me throughout my years, you know? And so it was, um, it's not necessarily an easy thing to open up that box, but that box is a lie. That box is, um, it's a box of BS. It is. And so some people will try to hide that box away. Some people try to deny it. Some people will live in it and, you know, soak it up and, and let that define them. But What I'm really, really hoping to do with every time that I have a conversation with a woman is to open that box and kind of unravel it a little bit and and show you that all of those labels and obstacles and mistakes and traumas inside of them is, it's almost like a key. Inside of them is a key to the real you and to the women around you. I would never be able to come on here and have this conversation with you or you know, present last weekend or do any of these different things that I've done or even just the conversations that I have with random women all over the world on Instagram every day (laughs) without these experiences. So they don't have to stay in the box as these horrible, nasty, self-defining things. They can become this beautiful access that you have to yourself and others. I have a wonderful quote that you um, have said, which relates to that. And it is, What is the defining thing that keeps you feeling small? How do you deconstruct that and turn it into a strength? And I know I love that statement. And I know one of your turning points, you mentioned sharing your story was before your business got huge, before you uh, had all of these people flock to you because they not only needed to be inspired by you, but you helped them rebuild themselves. You took a brave leap. And you posted a post and you weren't sure how the world was going to take it. And you got hundreds of replies and it, it was almost a tsunami after that of, of response. And that was a real turning point. Would you talk about that turning point? That, that turning point was terrifying. <laughs> yes, I bet it was. <laughs> that turning point, I remember, um, you know, I've, I've always written. I've always through a child, um, through rehab, I always kept a journal Um, Writing was a friend when I didn't have any. And so I knew that writing was really going to be a core piece of my recovery, a piece of my business, just a piece of my life. And so when I started bringing that aspect into my business, I remember writing that first post. And it was the first post on social media that I had kind of dug deep into the things. And I was expecting, you know, my mom to give it a good old thumbs up. And that was it. You know, that's kind of... (laughs) That's where my head was. And um, and yeah, I mean, hundreds, hundreds of people were commenting and, and sending messages. And the response to that was just so validating that this matters, you know, and not in the it matters in the kind of way that we can find ourselves in those horrible, icky things that most of us are, you know, flight or fight or freeze. That's that's the other one. Some of us are completely frozen in those things or we run away from it or we just reject, you know, even looking in that direction altogether. 
Um, and this was just a really validating moment that this isn't just something that I need. This is something that literally thousands of women, millions of women across the globe need too. Because no matter where we are, no matter how old we are or what color our skin is or whatever, we've all been through these pain points in our lives. And a lot of us are kind of almost wired to just hold on to them and let them consume us. And so if more women can step forward and say, I am not consumed by this, this is something that I have been through, but not something that defines me or keeps me small. In fact, it's the thing that makes me 10 foot tall, bulletproof and a superwoman, you know, then what can stop us? I mean, if we can take our junk and turn it into a superpower, There's nothing literally in the entire world that can stop us from getting anything that we want and anything that we desire. I feel like we should make that a t-shirt, Lindsay, that says, (laughs) let's take our junk and turn it into a superpower. I love that. And, And I think you mentioned earlier that there was a point when you felt you needed something that had more meaning. And when you started this job, you started it to make the car payment and you did not have any vision that it was going to become as meaningful as it became But it has, we're going to leap forward a little bit to the present because what your work has become is so much more than the job itself or so much more than the products you sell because you have used the the job you do and the team it creates as a way for people to unpack their boxes, work through their trauma, find an amazing support network as they also begin to feel successful at something, maybe for the first time in their lives. So I'd love to talk about how you built your team, how people really flocked to be on your team, and what it has grown into. I would love nothing more than to talk about that. I just, I gush with pride when I talk about these women because we're sort of the, um, we're sort of like the misfit, you know, team of of the company and we love it. And and the other men and women of the company love it. We're known for our vulnerability. We're known for our collaboration and our connectiveness and just our deep love for each other. The name of our specific organization is We Are Beauty. And that was our name from the very, very beginning. And the kind of concept behind We Are Beauty is society has a way of telling us what is beautiful you know, what is acceptable. And it's the, you know, size double zero model that's slapped on the side of the bus, which she is beautiful, you know, but so is the size 12 woman that, you know, left her abusive husband last week and doesn't have two pennies to rub together. She is also beautiful. But when she's in that moment, she is not feeling that. She is not feeling beauty. And so what we really wanted to do was come together and just create a safe space where it is come as you are. You can sit with us and bring your stuff with you because we are going to help you unpack it and find the value and find the purpose in those things. Um, I have a, I always kind of joke and say, God put a crazy magnet in my butt because I just, I have like the, the people that just have these really incredible, really dynamic, um, stories, they find me or I find them and I love it. I am so grateful for that. Um, because we have a way of coming together and just finding the joy and the beauty and purpose in things that, everyone else tells us makes us less than or weak or broken or whatever those things might be and so to bring these 200 women together and all of us have this 
have these pretty incredible stories. And so to be able to come together to one table and create successful businesses within those seemingly unsuccessful stories is absolutely amazing. So um, when I first started this, yes, it was about fine. It was it was about money. It was about just and it wasn't about very much money, to be honest. Um, and it wasn't until I was in the business for about, gosh, seven months until I connected with my first um, my first two women that wanted to actually be a part of my organization. And I had not planned on that. I was just going mm-hmm. to keep quiet in my corner, sell a little makeup, you know, call it a day, pay the car payment and and make it good. But then when I started making these posts and started getting vulnerable about these things, that's when people started coming to me saying, okay, I want what you're doing. I want a piece of this. And um, it's so funny because both of these women are not women in a million years you would have ever thought. I mean, if you would have told me 10 years ago, one of them was a friend from first grade. The other one was my high school ex-boyfriend's wife. Like it was the most (laughs) random two people on the planet, you know, never would have thought in a million years. Um, But they were drawn to what I was doing. And that was really the moment where I thought, okay, the products are incredible. The business structure is incredible. The money is incredible. However, this really profound, just perpetual change that we can create together, that's the business. That's the thing that I am really, really, truly here for. Um, And it it just got bigger and bigger after that, which has been absolutely incredible. Yes, you talked to me about using that trauma as the ground you build your empire on. And I feel like that is what you have done for yourself. And that is what you have helped these other uh, women do for themselves, where the trauma no longer defines them and keeps them in a corner. It is the ground they build their empire and their new future on. And now I believe you have 200 women on your team. Is that right? That's correct. Yep. And last week, you were invited to um, be a keynote speaker for your company. Would you please share how uh, that came about and uh, how that was a fulfillment of a dream in itself and what you shared with the audience that day? Oh, my gosh. It was, I don't know. I might stumble on my words a little bit here because the experience was just so um, indescribable. So we have an annual conference that we do each year. And unfortunately, because of COVID this year, we had to do them in different cities around the country. Um, And most of us went to um, Phoenix, Arizona this last weekend. And it's, I remember going to, we call it Palooza. I went to my first Palooza in Phoenix, ironically, um, three, what was it? No, four, four years ago. And I remember this woman speaking. Her name's Kendall Watts. She's a phenomenal top earner in our company. Um, she went on stage and she stood up and, and when she spoke and she shared a piece of her story, I just remember being this, this brand new, I mean, I was brand new into the company and I just remember thinking, I want to do that. I want to get on stage and, and I want to share my story and I want to affect people in this way. Um, and then fast forward a few years and I had had um, a, a friend reach out and it's ironic because Kendall and somebody that she works closely with actually put on the event this this last weekend. So it really did come full circle. Um, but they had reached out and they said, hey, we're, we, uh, we'd really like you to um, speak, at, speak at Palooza this, um, this coming event. And 
I just said yes. I didn't even think about it. I didn't. I mean, I was terrified. I look back now like, why did I say yes? But because your I'm, life is full of brave leaps. That's what you oh do. Oh, my gosh. It <laughs> definitely was a leap. It was a leap moment. It was a I have a diaper and I'm going to leap moment. It was it was so good. So good. So um, I had and what's so funny is the um, the topic of the uh, the topic, the title of the presentation was actually rock bottom the platform for your empire so when you said that I like got the chills (laughs) yeah so um incredible yeah so I presented with um with another woman who has just an amazing story some of the things that she has overcome as a child and a young woman in her own life and we had she was on the east coast so these last couple months we've had a really hard time connecting so we just because of time differences so we really went on stage just kind of with our own independent preparations and we're hoping that there was going to be a really good flow to it so we walk up there we put our we just we we didn't want to just stand behind a podium and and talk at our people we just we wanted to have a conversation So we grabbed two stools, we sat down on stage, and we kind of said, this is going to be a little different than anything else you've seen today. We just want to talk to you guys. We want to have a conversation with you guys. And I swear at that moment, we should have just thrown our notes out the window because we never looked at them once. We just... We just went, we just spoke, and I don't think anything I had written down on my notebook, I don't think I said any of it, you know, <laughs> it was totally unrehearsed, um, but it was just this moment of, this is what you need to say, you know, this is, these are the words that this particular group needs to hear, and quite honestly, they were also the words that I needed to hear. Quantum Fiber isn't your average internet. This is online meetings while online shopping internet. PJ's still on, so video stays off internet. It's movie night debating and then movie night watching in four different rooms internet. The kind of internet that's fast enough for whatever your family can throw at it. Meet Quantum Fiber, an all-new, all-fiber internet that's built for the world of you. myself have kind of been and I think as a lot of us have this last year just with COVID and and the ripples of COVID and just everything we've been struggling life has been really hard we've been disconnected um we've not been traveling we've been cooped up we've been I mean our marriages have been um have been challenged there's just been so many so many things this last year that have been so hard and I found that I had been so focused on sharing my recovery story and different, you know, big milestones of my of my story that are yes, so important, but it almost made me blind to my current struggles. And we go back to that idea that recovery is not linear. It is this roller coaster ride. It's never going to be perfect, you know, recovery or not, just life. Life is always going to be insane, you know? And so it really was just this really incredible moment being on stage, realizing that I've been struggling. And sure, it might not be you know, go to rehab level or, you know, the the brokenness that I've known before, but it was still really hard. And to be in a room with, you know, 200 other people that were one way or another feeling the same way and be able to connect to them and, um, you know, share current parts of my story and past parts and 
just to see every I mean there was not a dry eye in the room which of course made me ball like a little baby um somebody actually came up and like threw tissues on my lap at one point (laughs) I always joke that nobody cries alone in my presence that you will always have company absolutely (laughs) yes oh my gosh this is why we connect so well (laughs) it was um yeah it was just incredible and so I shared about some current struggles and then I did. I, I I think this was the first time really getting up in front of my peers. You know, I get up in front of my network on Instagram or, or Facebook or what have you and, and talk about my story. But to be amongst other entrepreneurs and other um, just really successful and just these amazing, you know, men and women in this room and sit up on this stool and say, I'm an addict, it was... It was very, um, it was a very intense moment. And as soon as I said that, I wasn't quite sure what the response was going to be. And they clapped. The woman next to me kind of stopped me that um, in the middle of my sentence and said, can we all just take a minute? And before she had even stopped, everybody was up and clapping. And it was, it was incredible. And it was just, again, that, that validation of, you know, these things do not have to define you in a negative way. You're not, you don't become successful in spite or in spite of the things that you've been through. You know, I'm successful in spite of being an addict. I'm successful because I'm an addict. I'm successful because I've known the things that I have known. And so to be able to kind of share that message with other people that had never shared their own struggles. I had so many women coming up to me afterwards saying, you know, my husband is in recovery and nobody knows. I haven't been able to talk to anybody about it. Or I sent my daughter to rehab for the third time last month and no, nobody in my family is even aware because I'm so terrified of their judgment. And it was just this, you, I could literally visually see and physically experience the the ripple effect of what my words had been. And it was just so good. It was so good and it makes me never want to stop. You know, it was amazing. It it's amazing because there are three there are three changes you caused for the room that day. Not only did you share big traumas, which you know, you're right, that's the easy thing to focus on. Go focus on the big giant traumas. But you also acknowledged that there is an importance in the small traumas and the day-to-day stresses and I think we as human beings often ignore those. We say it's not that big of a deal because it could be so much worse. And that doesn't then respect the toll that those day-to-day difficulties take on us. We also need to respect those day-to-day difficulties. But the third gift you gave the room that day was in that one sentence, and I am an addict. And you were willing to trust an entire room of people with that moment. And what you did was you empowered them to go you know, have that trust towards others. You, you touched a lot of lives that day. <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was incredible. And, and that was one of the things that we had actually talked about was, you know, there are a lot of people out there that do have these very deep, um, very traumatic pieces in their story, abuse, addiction, um, mental health, you know, all of these different walks of life. But there are people that have had beautiful childhoods and have never touched drugs in their life and have, you know, lived these beautiful, amazing lives. And I think sometimes, especially in in my industry, is they almost feel unworthy 
those people that have had these really beautiful stories and these beautiful life experiences, they think, well, I don't have that. I don't have, you know, these huge traumas in my life. So my story is not worthy of sharing. And it and it does. It diminishes. We're human. Every single one of us compares ourselves to others. You know, we we feel moments of unworthiness. We feel moments of shame or guilt or inability. And that is just as valuable and just as valid as, you know, a, a five-year addiction, you know, and, and not just for you, but for the people around you. And there was this really beautiful theme throughout the weekend of storytelling. We had um, Les Brown and Kendra Hall as our um, two of our keynote guest speakers, and both of them are phenomenal and there it was just this idea of of storytelling no matter if it's these huge traumas or these little micro stories and this does not just apply to the industry of you know social selling or network marketing but but any industry any job any you know any occupation you can create really really profound connections my husband he works at AT&T and he is amazing at what he does and it's because he connects to his people and when you connect to your people, when you allow yourself to your heart to be at the center of what you do, you will love what you do, love what you do, you know, and, and it just gives you, we talk about that access again, it gives you an, an access to people, whether it be with sales or, you know, some sort of community service or, or restaurant serving, whatever it is, if you can allow yourself to be a little bit vulnerable and find value in those things that society might have told you are invaluable, you are going to find yourself so connected and so purposeful in your job, no matter what it is, which I love. Well, and probably more welcomed than you ever guessed. And you have said it beautifully, which is when we begin to doubt ourselves, we tend to close ourselves off and hide. And what you're saying is don't go the other direction, open up, open up yourself, be vulnerable, tell your story, share how you're feeling, and you will be shocked at how much you will be welcomed. Yes. Oh my gosh. That was actually when I first got on stage, that was the first thing I asked. I said, you know, can you raise your hand if you are somebody that tends to back away from the vulnerable conversations, you know, and says, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going there. And, you know, half the room raised their hand and I said, perfect. I'm talking to you guys. (laughs) And I said, I am, I am on the other side of the spectrum. I am incredibly, I feel things very deeply. I am very, I'm a deep empath to a fault sometimes. Um, and that can be hard. It's hard when you're carrying the emotions and the just experiences of other people on such a deep level. Um, it was actually that that had me change my career choice. I, I'm kind of going backwards a little bit, but just a few months after I took on this job, I I had this newfound freedom of making money from anywhere that I had a Wi-Fi connection, you know, and my daughter was with me, so I didn't have to send her um, to childcare. And I thought, this is my moment to go back to school. I I have the time, I, I have the funds, I can do this. So I, um, I re-enrolled at the University of Idaho and against all odds, they let me back in, which I was not expecting <laughs> because man, did I cause a mess leaving there the first time. Um, and they graciously had me back. It was incredible. They have a great program called the Fresh Start Program, um, which basically allows it's pe- for people in my position that were in a very bad place and made some bad decisions and want a second chance. I think it's incredible um, that they, as well as some other universities, have that program. 
Um, but I went back in thinking, I'm going to be an addictions counselor. This is what I know, and this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm passionate about. And it was all of, I don't even know, maybe half a semester into some of my addiction courses, I thought, I don't want to do this. I have already given so much of my life to to drugs and addiction I don't know that I want to give any more of it to that in particular day in and day out. And that was a really hard moment because I felt guilty. I felt like, oh my gosh, what kind of, you know, what kind of person am I to have these experiences and not use them for good because, you know, I'm uncomfortable. But I knew that about myself. I It's the same reason why I can't go into, you know, social work or, um, or child therapy because I can't not take it home. I know that that I, I can't draw those boundaries. I get really emotionally invested um, and I just, I couldn't. And so I changed my major um, to general psychology and with a little bit of a focus in um, organizational psychology, which was amazing because that is so useful in my business today. Yes, it is. Uh-huh. And the plan was to go get my master's. I was actually filling out... Um, applications and I had gotten a letter back from Palo Alto University and so I was getting ready to you know go on and to get my master's and at that same moment my my team and I had experienced this huge promotion and it was kind of just this this crossroads that had happened and I thought okay I have this opportunity in my business where things are flourishing right now and or I could go and continue on to get my master's. And I was speaking to a girlfriend about it, and she said, well, why do you want to get your master's? Why is that something that you want to do? And I said, I want to cause impact. I want to be able to have the platform to connect to women that have been through similar things that I have and help them find value in it and help them heal. And she looked at me and she said, Lindsay, you're already doing that. You are doing that right now in your business. I mean, if you want your master's, that's amazing. Go get it. But don't do it because of that, because you're you're doing this. You and were looking past, right, where you were. Yes, exactly. And I was just kind of, I was back in that place of needing that kind of society-given validation because here's, you know, the timeline of what you do. You go to high school, you graduate, you go to college, you get a good job, you get married, you have a baby, you know, then you go get your master's. I did things exactly opposite. You know, I am not an in-order kind of girl. <laughs> And so, you know, why not just add and this to the okay. list? And that's okay. Life is messy. Yes. That's great. Exactly. Exactly. So I am, um, I mean, I'm, I still might go get my master's someday. It's something that I feel a pull towards, um, but not right here in this moment because the work that we're doing within We Are Beauty and within our company is already so valid and so transformative that I don't feel that need right here right now in this moment which I love I love that well and it is also you role modeling one more important thing which is that you are making the choices that are right for you and your family and your community and your friends and your loved ones now and not making the choices that you feel society wants you to make and that is also another set of shackles that holds so many people down and so um it's just you role modeling one more time how to how to how to to build your life and build it in a way that is healthy for others so as we wrap this up you have spoken about how important it is to you to make an impact on others 
And I would ask you if you could look our listeners in the eye over this podcast and give them a piece of advice as they are facing probably scary or a little bit nerve wracking turning points in their life, what would you tell them? I would tell them to, first of all, find your people. I, for me, getting clean and staying clean has been all about my environment. And I didn't recognize that. I thought that it was very much all an internal piece. You know, as long as I'm okay, I can I can navigate my environment the way that I need to. And I found out very quickly that that's not necessarily, that's not necessarily the case. I was surrounded by people, whether or not they were using or good people or bad people wasn't the question, but I had found myself surrounded by what I call trench squatters. We all have these trenches in our life and there are the people that will bloody their fingers and toes trying to climb out of that trench and then there are the people that will bring you hot chocolate and braid your hair down in the trench and get you comfy and keep you down there and my biggest thing for my girls and my team and the people that I work with is I will get into that trench with you but we will be drawing a roadmap finding our way out. I am not going to make you comfortable down there. I am not going to tell you that it is okay to stay down there because it's not. You deserve better. You are worth more than squatting at the bottom of your trench. So for anybody out there that is struggling, no matter what it is, no matter what the circumstances might be, make sure that you have a person or people around you that see your higher self that see a vision of you a version of you from the future and are willing to help you to get there even if it is uncomfortable because sometimes accountability and growth it is not always comfortable in fact most of the time it isn't most of the time you know they're called growing pains for a reason but that discomfort of change is so much better than the discomfort of staying complacent in these places where you feel less or broken or incapable or unworthy or shameful or any of those things and you need people around you that see that and recognize that and are willing to bloody their own fingers to help you climb out of there so that would be my number one thing and my other thing would just be just know that you are not alone i know that is such a cliche i know it is um It's something that we say all the time and sometimes it just loses value just when we say things so much. But our our trenches lie to us. Our trenches want us to believe that we are alone. They want us to believe that there's no way out and that this is who you are and this is it. Just get comfy because this is as good as it gets. And that is a lie. It is a bold-faced lie. So to remind yourself that those are lies, those negative things that you tell yourself or those box of labels that you have tucked away, they're all lies. You need to find someone, whether it's it's me or a friend or somebody. My door is always open to anybody that wants a conversation. That is the part of this job that oh, it fills me up in a way that I cannot even explain, but you're not alone and you can do this. I I am you. I was you. I am still you. You know, I might be in a really, really a beautiful place in my life that I can be so grateful for and, and I love it and, and I'm so grateful for it. But all of those other parts of me are still there. They're still, you know, I used to look myself in the mirror a few, you know, handful of years ago and hate who I saw. I didn't, I, I, she just, she was just broken, you know, and now I look back, I, I have all of these pictures, you know, just 
gross party pictures or, you know, just really unbecoming. You can tell I am not that person that hid her addiction well. You could see it from a mile away. And I look at those pictures now and I smile from ear to ear every time because as much as I used to hate that little girl so many years ago, I love her so much now. Because who I am right here, right now, and who I'm going to be in a year and five years and ten years, who my little girl is going to grow up to be, we would not be that without the brokenness of, of that woman so many years ago. So honor her. Honor, honor where you are right now because even if you can't feel or see the value or the love or just the purpose in what you're going through right now, as long as you keep going, you take the leap, you put one foot in front of the other, you will. You will be able to look back at who you are today and say, I am here because of her or I can do what I'm doing because of him. And that matters so much. So just keep going. Find your people and keep going. Reminds me of a saying I saw that says, I will take all the broken pieces of myself and make a mosaic. And take the broken pieces of yourself get out of your trenches, get rid of that ugly box of labels and uh, make a mosaic. I, I so appreciate those words of wisdom because you are right. The discomfort of staying where you are is a lot worse than the discomfort of change. So thank you so much. That is inspirational. I appreciate you sharing that. You're is there so anything welcome. else you'd like to share with our listeners today about what you're doing or, or where you're going? Just keep watching. <laughs> keep watching. We're just we're just getting warmed up. You know, this weekend I had um, ten of my um, fellow uh, businesswomen come with me this weekend from all over the country, and they are so there is just an energy in the air right now. You could cut it with a spoon. I swear. Um, they are claiming goals for themselves. They're changing their lives. We've got babies on the way. We've got so many exciting things. And to see these women that were at their rock bottom not that long ago um, and to see them building this this beautiful business and empire on that rock bottom and loving it and making the money that they are and just just lit up, you know, you can just, you can see it on a woman when she is just so profoundly proud of what she's doing. And there's, there's not enough of that. We need more women and men walking around in purpose and feeling so excited for what they're doing in their life. And so we're going to be making some big splashes. We're going to be doing some big things. I am so proud of my We Are Beauty Girls. I love them so much. And our door is open. That is my biggest message. And, and, you know, there can be, there's so many different platforms where you can find yourself and do your thing and build businesses and become successful. Um, but if you feel any sense of connection to what I've shared with you guys today, please, anybody, reach out. My door is always, always open, even just for a conversation. Um, I'm always here for that. I love that so much. So we got big things on the way. So how can people reach out to you? and and connect with you and share their stories and become part of yours how can people find you so i am most present on instagram um i still i still make an appearance over on facebook every now and then but so many um businesses and there's just so many more people over on instagram and it's so exciting and it's just a it's just a new platform um that we're i mean it's not new i'm i'm 31 so i feel like i'm a little bit like out of my (laughs) 
you know, out of my uh, age range over there. As my children say, I'm too old to be on Instagram. They like to remind me. Right? It's like, and we've got girls over on TikTok. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going over there. I just... (laughs) Instagram is Instagram's good for me, but um, very, very present on on Instagram, very active over there. Um, I'm actually going to be and you guys actually helped inspire this. Um, I'm going to be um, doing some Instagram interviews called um, we're calling it voices and we're just going to be having different women from all over the world actually um, jumping on and, and sharing their stories and just trying to help them make an impact with the things that they've been through. So whether that's something you'd want to be a part of or a conversation or if this business does sound like something that's going to help elevate you and take you to where you want to go, um, my Instagram handle is wearebeautylo. Um, if you type in We Are Beauty, you'll see Lindsay Odenberg pop up and, and I'm right there. So so don't hesitate. I Making the connections within this business is the thing that I just, I could sit around and do it all day. I do sit around and do it all day. You do so sit around and do it all what day. What am I kidding? <laughs> yeah, I love it. So I will, I will wrap up by saying thank you for encouraging us all to feel proud of who we are and the moments we're creating in our lives and the futures we're creating for ourselves. I have personally been very inspired and energized talking to you, and I cannot wait to share your story with everyone I know. And for those of you who are out there and are listening and are thinking, I have a story I would like to share. I have a story of a leap in my life that I think people could benefit from hearing. Please let us know and we'll tell you how to share those stories down in the show notes as well. We can't wait to hear from you. Thank you for joining us on Leap, a quantum fiber podcast. If you want to learn more about Lindsay Odenberg, we'll tell you how to follow her in the show notes down below. 